glad to be here. It's been a while since we've been here with you guys, and uh, just always appreciate being here with you all. You've always made us feel welcome, and uh, but we're not this the main attraction here today. God is, and uh, we want to give Him all we have of ourselves and our worship today, and may we be focused on that now as we enter into worship. Uh, we should be bringing our best to Him today, and. Uh, he says that everything that gives breath, let it give praise unto God. And uh, we want to try to do that today, for he is worthy. Amen.
Good morning. I won the Tim Hobbs look-alike contest. <laughs> Tim is on vacation again this Sunday. We'll be back this week. Um, so welcome to Community Baptist Church um, this morning. We are so glad that you are here. While we are making some announcements, let me encourage you to pick up that little red book at the end of each aisle and uh, give us as much information as you are comfortable giving us. Uh, if you will give us your email address, we will see that you get our e-news that goes out every Thursday. Um, but if you will sign in and give us a record of your attendance, we would be most grateful. You will find opportunities on the back of your worship bulletin this morning. Um, this coming up Wednesday, the Bible study will be taught by Phyllis McElwain, yay, um, on surviving life. I may need to be there on that one myself. Um, if you are um, interested in being a volunteer for our Upward Basketball and Cheerleading League, let me call your attention to the fact that we're going to need you. Um, our our uh, next team meeting is August the 4th. If you would like to help with registration and getting things started, bless you, Kevin. Um, you will see the dates and the times on there. Please uh, contact Matthew North with that. Um, this afternoon, you are invited to an open house at um, Amy and Larry and Samantha's house. Um, as you know, their, um, their house burned while they were on vacation last year, and so they're in their new house, and they are welcoming us to come celebrate with them this afternoon. You will find that. Um, so speaking of Amy, today is Sammy's birthday. All right. <laughs> um, so not today, Thursday. Thursday is Sammy's birthday. Thursday is Sammy's birthday. Get it? Uh, we need to sing happy birthday to Sammy. Here we go. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sammy. Happy birthday to you. It was kind of Marilyn Monroe-ish. Um, you all are invited after church to stay and have cake and celebrate um, Sammy's birthday. Uh, next Sunday you will want to come back because our youth will be uh, leading us in worship. Um, Kelsey Dunham will be preaching that Sunday. We were just talking about before. Aren't you preaching that Sunday? Okay. We were just talking about before. Remember the days when women spoke and men preached? Sister Mary will come and speak but Brother John will preach to us. Well, Kelsey's going to come preach to us. Um, <laughs> well, all right. Fritz, your birthday is this week, too. I think we do too. Happy birthday to you. 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 Happy birthday to
Thanks, Pam, for allow, allowing us to do that. Happy birthday, Fritz. Now, let me um, encourage you to stand and greet each other this morning. Um. Cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemies underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. Whom shall I Be 
Will you join me in our responsive reading as it's printed in your worship bulletin? Love that will not let us go. We, risk, we rest our weary souls in thee. Rainbows through the rain. And finally looked up to see the colors shining after the storm. Others are still longing for the signs of hope to be made real to them. Loving God, hear our prayers for those who need the sound of your love spoken clearly into their souls. Too many days our attention has settled on ourselves instead of focusing on your invitations to love others. May our response to your love be love. With our whole hearts, let us spend our love with abandon and risk our love with no thought for our own gain so that our neighbors will know that you're caring love, the hurting will know your healing love, and those whom we say we love will know that indeed we do. Amen. Scripture reading is Luke 10:38-42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I waited till the music this week. Mm. That's kind of embarrassing last week. I'm going to stand because you guys are going to have to help me and I want to be able to see you. Today, Miss Mary is preaching for... You are so funny. You are so funny. You guys weren't... If you weren't here last week, Miss Mary kind of got up here when it wasn't my time. 
Um, we are talking about to serve or be served. The word serve. Anybody want to help me out? What does the word serve mean? Yes, Miss Tegan. I think that's perfect. And Miss Allie, when we went to Pleasant Point, did you serve the little ladies and gentlemen at Pleasant Point? How did you do that? Did you play games with them? Did you serve them a treat? Did you give them hugs? Do you guys know that you're serving God already in your young ages? Yeah, you do? All right. Well, there's two different definitions. You know, Miss Mary has to use these little boards here. The dictionary says to perform duties or services for another person. But in our church, who is that other person? Who do we perform those duties for? In our church, pardon? God. All right. And you know what? I I looked on uh, the phone to see some different ways people talk about to serve. And it says to follow is to serve. Who are they talking about? Who do we need to follow? To be available is to serve. Who do we put first? Yeah. On Sunday morning? Yeah. We should always put God first before maybe mowing the lawn or painting the house or that kind of stuff. Okay. To serve is always to share. This is the, probably the most important one. To share, or excuse me, to serve is always to share what we have been given. Do you guys know that almost everybody in this congregation has something they do well that they serve? And I gave you these hints. Do you all know who uh, John Cornelius is? And Eddie and Virginia Marseille? Okay. Those guys took a week of their vacation, and they went to Panama City with our youth. So we need to give them a big hand for serving others. Okay. Now, we sang happy birthday to Miss Fritz. But Mr. Vince Davis does something very, very good, or, or very well. And in our Christmas service for Christmas, look at these. Do you think those took time to cut out? You don't? Look at that. <laughs> Mr. Vince, did that take time to cut out? <laughs> Do you see he said not at all? He didn't mind doing that. He wanted to serve God and to serve our church. He cut out 48 of these, (laughs) 48 of them. And don't forget, Wednesday night, we're going to decorate the rest of them, okay? They're back there on that table if you haven't seen them. And then if you were in Sunday school this morning, your wonderful Sunday school teachers, Miss Lana and Miss Rachel, what did they serve you back there today? Yes, ma'am. What is that called? Is that called communion or the Lord's Supper? Yes, very good. And, of course, Nathaniel and Jake and Timmy and whoever does media shout, are they serving God by doing that every Sunday for us? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could just go on and on and on. What about this wonderful praise band? You know, most of these guys come from another church. Are they serving our congregation by coming here? 
serving. You guys already know what serving is, so we're going to end there and we're going to say a little prayer. Okay, and we'll go back to Children's Church. Dear Gracious Father, we come to you this morning at our wonderful Community Baptist Church. Father, these children know how to serve. We just wish all the adults would take after these kids and so freely give of themselves. Just continue to show children how to serve as they grow up through your house. We ask this in your name. Amen. All right, we're ready. Let us stand for offertory.
Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us to come here and serve you through our worship, our praise, and our giving. We ask that you open our hearts for our giving since you are in control of our whole lives, our finances, and everything that we do. We ask that you bless this giving and serving to that we may better serve you with what we receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. song we're going to do is a new song for us, but it's been around for three or four years at least. It's a song by uh, Casting Crowns, and I hadn't even heard it till uh, early this spring on a retreat weekend I was working on. I just was so touched by it and the words in it, and it speaks so much to us as the body of Christ. It speaks so much to those who maybe aren't even in a relationship. But it's a cry from God to us, telling us to leave it all behind and come to the well, one that never runs dry. And uh, I hope you're as blessed by the song as I was when I heard it. The well. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. I have what you need, but you keep on searching. I've done all the work, but you keep on working. But you're running on empty, and you can't find the remedy. And just come to the Time. 
Thank you. You know, we often read this scripture passage and jump right to the conclusion that Martha was wrong and Mary was right. I guess we don't have to jump to the conclusion because Jesus says so right in the passage. Martha was wrong and Mary was right. Well, I guess to be accurate, Jesus didn't actually say that Martha was wrong. He just said that Mary had chosen the better thing. I love this picture. It's entitled, Kitchen Scene with Christ in the House of Martha and Mary by Diego Valesquez. Martha does not look happy at all. Martha had gotten caught up in the worries and distractions and the stuff that tends to work us into a frenzy. And we, like Martha, listen to another voice and lose sight of the opportunity to sit and listen, to study, to learn, to be fed from Jesus himself. We don't just sit and let someone else serve us. Well, here's where I get a little confused. Aren't we taught, doesn't the Bible teach us that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only? Aren't we supposed to be last, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, to think better of others than yourself? We learned the JOY acronym, Jesus, our your Jesus, others, yourself. We sing about working till Jesus comes. 
and then we'll be gathered home. I'm sorry, but I'm with Martha. We're supposed to be worker bees. I could be wrong, but just in case. Well, let's see what the Bible has to say. Matthew chapter 20. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 25. The king shall say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, and take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Luke 22. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who served. For who is greater, the one at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. Romans 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If it is serving, let him serve. And 1 Peter 5. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. See? We're supposed to be in the kitchen, cooking. Somebody has to be. I've heard a lot of people say, I go to church to be fed. If I can't be fed in church, I'm not going. Well, while the church is to be a place of refuge and renewal and study, if you're, if you're going to be fed, somebody's got to be in the kitchen or teaching a Sunday school class or in a prayer closet preparing a sermon. We all can't be little birds with our mouths open waiting for a worm to drop in. Well, yes. We are called to serve. Martha wasn't wrong in wanting to be a good host to Jesus, and we are not wrong in wanting to serve. This church's motto is printed right on the top of your worship bulletin. It's being the presence of Christ, serving a world in need. We are all about serving. So what is it? That, Je- that made Jesus respond the way he did, chiding Martha and rewarding Mary for her sitting. Well, part of it, I think, was the way Martha went about it. Lord? Now, Martha goes straight to the heart of things. She doesn't even call Jesus by name. She calls him by title. Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Wow. She really is all out of kilter. Don't you care? When was the last time you turned to a dinner guest and asked them to intervene in a family squabble? 
this has ceased to be about serving or hospitality. The language here that's used for distracted has more to do with being pulled in different directions, being frantic, being agitated or troubled. Martha is not merely distracted. It seems by the language that things have gotten way out of control. We all have been there when we have been asked to do something or take on one more something, and our gut says, ain't no way. And our mouth says, sure, no problem. I have post-it notes that say that. When we get to the point of taking on too much, when we become distracted to the point of being resentful, when our service lacks love and especially joy, it's time to take a look at things. But for some of us, being the servant, doing the serving, is the thing that feels most natural. It feels uncomfortable to be served. It feels slothful when we should be doing something and not just sitting there, it's a lot easier to be the server than the one who serves, the one who is served. And then we hear Jesus say, Martha, Martha, there is only one thing that is needed. So, okay, let's look at the scriptures again. Matthew 11 Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 17, six days after Jesus took Peter and James and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. Luke 4. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Karen Horfnetter Genter writes for a blog called Daily Good, the News That Inspires. In one of her blogs, she says that many people come to, her, to my counseling office because they feel overwhelmed by the rushed pace of life. Often their eyes well up with tears as they sit down on my sofa simply because they have a rare chance to slow down and be present with themselves. Whenever I leave people alone for a minute or two as I'm getting them a cup of tea, their response is even more notable when I return. Along with their tears, there's an arrival of wisdom. It's almost uncanny, the level of clarity that emerges from simply sitting down for several minutes. Many of the commentaries that I've read emphasize Mary's life as a contemplative. They believe that as a contemplative, Mary had taken a vow to renounce worldly possessions to sit at Jesus' feet to read and to pray. It is enough for contemplatives to always be listening to the word of God and feeling, feeding their minds rather than their stomachs. Contemplating God 
is their whole desire. I have a friend who lives in Granville, South Carolina, that would often go off on retreat. Sula especially gravitated to places that emphasized a vow of silence. So she would go on these retreats for two to three weeks at a time to a place where the only time she talked to anybody was for an hour a day when she met with her spiritual advisor. Sula would pay big bucks to go stay in a cabin in the woods by herself and not talk to anybody but her spiritual director for an hour a day and stay for two to three weeks at a time. Our Buddhist friends would tell you that as long as the mind remains restless, we remain restless. And in a restless state, there is no sense of contemplation. So, here we are in the middle of a story of two sisters who seem to be at odds and appear very different from each other. Is this the point in the story, Jesus, that we are to decide that we are either a person of action or a person of contemplation? Are we to choose between doing and being? Being the server or the one who is served? Doesn't it feel like we live in an either-or world? Either you're the winner or a loser. Either you're successful or a failure. You're either the queen bee or a worker bee. You're either famous or a nobody. You're either a worker or a sitter. So was that Jesus' point here? We are to do less and be more? I was wondering as I read this story, do we really have to choose? Will Martha always be the one to get the house ready and prepare the meals and do the serving? Will Mary always be the one to sit at Jesus' feet and listen? Maybe it's because my name is Mary Martha, and there is some of both of these sisters in me, but I don't see them as enemies, but compliments. I don't see them as polarities, but a continuum. Learning and listening and study is not in opposition to serving. It's a continuum. If we only serve, how are we to find refreshment and renewal? But if we only study and meditate, how are we to care for others? I'm wondering if Jesus is trying to show us the circle of life here. We are called to serve, but we cannot serve to the point of anger and resentment, thinking I'm left to do all the work myself. There comes a time when we have to listen, to study, meditate, to quiet ourselves, to hear God's voice inside us. It's a circle. Eventually we find that this circle has no beginning and no end. Soon we realize that we take those times to quiet ourselves, to sit and listen, so that our work becomes more fruitful and focused. Locke Rush is a writer for the Huffington Post. 
he tells of a trip that he made to, to a monastery in Japan to learn meditation. He asked the monks if he could meditate instead of work. Their answer to him was, no, work is meditation. Work is best meditation. He was then assigned to sweeping leaves from the wide pathway leading from the road to the monastery, a distance of several hundred yards. His tool was a bamboo broom, and the task was made more tedious by the fact that the pathway was composed of shiny round pebbles, and not one of them was to go into the bordering grass. Rush said he cursed that job at the beginning, thinking all of the negative thoughts about the value of menial labor. But as the weeks progressed, his mind became calmer, and he began to see clearly that it was his mind that was causing all the upset. Once his mind slowed down and he accepted the work, it was quite satisfying. And by the end of the summer, he said, I, I eagerly awaited the morning hour when I could walk with my broom to the pathway. I had come to love this task and would not have traded it for the world. This is not an either-or world we live in. It's a both-and life that we find in Christ. When we find that our serving teaches us and gives us a new perspective, and our sitting and listening makes our service more Christ-like, our life has become a circle, always meeting itself at every point. When we, first went on, when we went on our first mission trip with Tim to Atlanta in 2005 or 6, whenever that was, I signed up to work at the soup kitchen in downtown Atlanta. Arriving before dawn to cook and get things prepared, we stepped over homeless people sleeping outside, waiting for the doors to open. You know, I felt pretty good about being there about serving and helping. But hanging on the back door just inside the dining room was a poster. It was the sketch of a bread line from the Great Depression. You could see man after man standing in line, heads bowed, shoulders slumped and rounded, clothes torn and dirty. And right in the middle of the line, one man was different somehow. You had to look close to realize that in the middle of that bread line was Jesus. And that was a huge slap on the head for me. From that point on, every time I handed someone a plate of food, my mind was asking, Are you Jesus? Is it you? Are you the one? We are called by Jesus to live in a circle where teaching, where serving teaches and gives us a new perspective and where our sitting and listening makes our service more Christ-like. The sisters, well, we are them and they are us. 
serving and being served. Both and. Amen. Today, today we take communion. And because we are all God's children, we are loved equally. And we share equally at the table. The communion table is open to all who confess Jesus as Lord. So all are invited to come and share at this table. We have been challenged to serve and be served by our sisters, Martha and Mary. And so this morning, that's what we're going to do. We are going to serve each other and be served by one another. So here are your instructions as you prepare yourself and as you come for communion. First, notice those with whom you sit. The one to your right and the one to your left. Take a quiet moment and lift them to God for blessing. Second, Greg Gibson and I will be standing in front of these communion tables right here. If you are on my side, I'm going to invite you to come to my communion table. If you are on Greg's side, I'm going to invite you to come to Greg's communion table. If you would like to swap tables, it will not offend me if you want to be served by Greg. But I'm going to ask you to come by rows, a couple of rows at a time, starting at the front. And if you will, come by the center aisle and gather here with me. And then as we finish, you will go back by the, the um, outside aisle so that we're not tripping and climbing over each other. But as you come, a couple of rows at a time, 10 to 12 of you at a time, and gather in a circle around this table, um, we will share communion as a group. I will take the bread, turn to the person on my right. Come stand with me. I will take the bread, turn to the person on my right, and offer them the bread. I will say to this person, this is the body of Christ broken for you. The person on the right will take a piece of bread and hold it, and then take the basket and share it with the person on their right. Now you may say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. You may say, the body of Christ You may choose to say nothing at all. Um, But that person will then take a piece of bread and hold it, take the basket, turn to the person on their right, and serve them as we go around the table. And then 
I will offer the cup. I will take the cup and offer it to the person on my right. The person on my right will take their bread, dip it, and eat. I will say to this person, the blood of Christ. You can say that, or peace be with you, or you can say nothing at all. You eat, and then you take the cup, and you offer it to the person on your right, who will dip their bread and eat, take the cup, and offer it to the person on their right. When all is served and um, everybody has had an opportunity, you will have served communion, and communion will have been served to you. When all have been served, the bread and the cup, Greg and I will each offer a short blessing over our own group, and then you may return to your seat. And the next couple of rows, 10 to 12 people can come forward. If you cannot or would not ra- would rather not come to the table, you can just stay where you are. We have deacons who will serve you at your seat, and we just ask that you stay where you are. Our Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had blessed it, broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and he said, this is the covenant in my blood. Whenever you, as often as you do this, And drink from it. Do this in remembrance of me. So as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you remember my death until I come. Please come.
the body of Christ broken for you. wisdom as you serve and joy
we are the body of Christ. We serve and we are served. That's the beauty of it. May we stand as we sing our closing hymn. As you go from this place, may God's mercy go before you. May God's grace walk by your side. May God's courage nudge you from behind. And may peace catch up with you and follow you all the way home. In the name of our brother, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen.